All right, so the next segment that we have, guys, is about the whole writer strike that's going on. We had just mentioned in the last segment uh, about, you know, the AI and how some of the writers are concerned about that. They want some guidelines to, you know, kind of restrict AI's writing scripts or stuff. Um, and I had taken this and what we've been sipping on last week. Um, Jeff had mentioned the, the writer strike, which I didn't even know about. And I immediately took the stance of like, oh, these writers in Hollywood, they already get paid so much money that they really don't need any more. And why are they on strike or whatever? But after looking back into it, um, it, it looks like they have some legitimate stances that they need to be um, that need to be looked at. So one one big thing that they are, and it all kind of revolves around this whole switch that we have had from you know like television, regular television, to the streaming services. And the big thing is, like, these streaming services, they don't have the, like, 24-episode seasons or whatever where people need to be kept on or whatever. They have, like, 10 episodes, and, you know, after the writing, they kind of just take the script and run with it. Because uh, a lot of people don't understand that the writing, it isn't done once the series starts. They keep writing through the series as it's been airing. So people need to be able to, you know... They need to be guaranteed work because they have these small writing rooms or whatever where that's really small groups, smaller than usual. And those are the people that are writing for some of these uh, streaming services. And when you get into like some of the things that they're doing there, it just it, 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 they, they only have like three, four weeks that they're able to even write. And after you're done writing that, you're completely dependent on like outsourcing your own work. So you need to go find another show to write from after three to four weeks. Whereas in television, it's something that you have guaranteed work for like 30 weeks, like almost a full year type shit or half a year. So uh, I, I sent you guys some stuff. I know you guys looked into it a little bit. How do you guys kind of feel about the writer's strike right now? Um. <clears throat> So I get it. Being someone who really enjoys writing, it's one of my favorite creative outlets, uh, even though I've never written for anything where it actually pays me money. Um, <clears throat> I can understand it because, okay, say if you're a writer and you're making a good living, like, okay, you could, you could argue, why are you bitching? You're making money, et cetera, et cetera. But from what I understand, a lot of the things they're upset about isn't necessarily their lack of, uh, their lack of financial gain. It's the fact that they're making so little versus CEOs or the, you know, the people who um, originally came up with the script or the idea or the directors, it just goes back to how little people are making for just for being like a fry cook versus the people who own McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Like there should be more, there should be more or better pay so people can live well. You know, it just benefits everyone. If we have more equality in what you make, you have people who are more likely to spend money, which helps the economy You have more people who, they have a higher standard of life. They can afford medical insurance. All these things go into it. So to me, yeah, it could be argued that they're being petty, et cetera, et cetera. But just from, again, like the stance where they just want more equal pay for the thing that they're putting in, especially if, if yeah. you're writing the show, if you're writing each episode, it's a pretty important fucking job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, so I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it's, it. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's the most, well, it depends because ed editing is kind of what they, unanimously considered the most important job even though i would say that acting is kind of the thing that drives the show the most that's the what brings people back mm. but none of it starts without writing because you can sit there and do like improv shows or whatever but even saturday night live who's who's canceled their shows they they get writers in there every week and they write for this week's episode that's not improv mm. and that's what we would consider the improv show of anything that's on television right now 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, and the thing about the streaming services that we have now, I think they're starting to become like an oversaturation with writers almost because, you know, Netflix picks up a thousand fucking shows uh, each year and they're all just these fast written, fast outsourced shit and they're, they end up being garbage ass shows. And I'd like to see these guys get paid a little bit more, make it a little bit more of a niche thing. Um, and that way the content that is getting put out seems a lot better. So I, I don't sure. know. No, I mean, I also I, I heard an article um, <clears throat> that was basically talking about uh, one writer in particular. I, I couldn't give you the name and I don't remember what show he was writing for. But anyway, um, years ago, he was getting royalty checks of like 12 grand. That doesn't um, happen. Shows yeah. that he's writing. And now he's getting royalty checks of like four dollars. Um, and Jesus. the shows that he's writing for are like award winning TV series. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it, kind of things. Yeah, know, whatever the case is, that is actually one of the big points that they have about it with the whole television or whatever. They're in syndication or whatever, so every time it airs on television, you know, there's a certain amount of money that they're getting paid royalties for. When you have a streaming service that isn't based around like that same that same structure, it's something that mm -hmm. you pay like a monthly fee in order to be able to watch. So they're getting almost no royalties from this at all. And the yeah. writers want to be able to that get royalties sense. from the things that they write. And I think that that's just a completely just thing to ask for. Like like oh, yeah. yeah, for for sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, and that goes down to what Jack was saying. They're really just asking for fair wages for what they're doing. They're not asking for a huge dramatic change. And, they're just asking for... Well, that's the thing. I don't think they're asking for necessarily fair wages per se. It seems like most of what they're asking for is the stuff that we're talking about. It's not necessarily about the wages. It's just being paid for the things that they should get paid for. Because the yeah, corporations right. are making... Like Netflix is making all the money off the streaming services and shit like that. So... Yeah, I don't know. It, it it's a funky situation, and like it, the the a big issue that we have with it is it's all kind of like this Hollywood centered thing. And when we think about Hollywood, we think of these really opulent lifestyles where everyone is like a creative type person and they're all just making buku money or whatever. But now with this strike, we're starting to see that it's not necessarily that case. Uh, I saw that one writer, she posted something on Twitter about how much she got paid. Uh, it might have just only been royalties for like one of her streaming service and it was two cents. And fucking, I don't know how that Jesus. works, but like, it, the, obviously she's getting paid more than that. But I think that it was just like, this is the check that I'm getting cut from this specific show or whatever. So, uh, I, yeah, that's, well, that's just nuts. No, it, it's right. And I don't know how it all works, but when it comes down to it too, like I was saying, we think that LA has this, uh, opulent lifestyle or whatever, but also California has like a 40% sales tax or something like that. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why there's a straight up exodus out of California right now. COVID yeah, came along, bad. COVID came along and fucked everything up for the West coast. It, like people yeah. don't want to live there anymore because they can't fucking afford to do the fucking things that they want to. When you, uh, yeah. every, every check that you get fucking cut or income tax, every check that you get cut, the state takes 40% of it. Like, if you're not already fucking living at this, at, at a decline, how are you supposed to make money when the, everything's moving away from the standard that we knew? So. Well, another problem is where that tax money goes. Like, if the tax money was going to infrastructure or better education or this or that, people would be more inclined to be like, okay. But tax money is instead goes to, uh, fucking different programs for the homeless. That's why homeless people flock there because they actually get cut checks. Well, they also start, like they, they get also, checks to be homeless. They also and, flock there because of the weather, because of the, the air. Right. Well, yeah. for the weather, it's easier to live in, but 
they're getting cut checks to be homeless, right? Instead of the money going to putting the homeless to work or helping them get on their feet, they're just given money to be homeless in that state. And what do they do with that money? They just go and get high with it. And I'm not knocking, I'm not being judgmental. I've been homeless before. I understand the struggle that people get in in the cycle. But if you were a homeless person with an addiction issue, why would you choose to go anywhere else? Like, that's like, fuck yeah, I can go get high and I'm not, I don't have to really do anything but continue being homeless. So like, there's no incentive for them to get better. And you have the ultra rich who live in California where they live in cities or townships where the homeless aren't an issue. So they don't even have to face the problem. But then you have all the middle class or upper middle class or the poor people who are stuck living in areas where they're with homeless, like whole tent cities and shit. So they're facing being robbed. They're facing all kinds of issues from the homeless being there. So it's like, why would you want to stay? And it's just created this really negative cycle. And I actually, I don't know, I almost moved to California when I, like 2009, I was really close to doing it. The only reason I didn't is because the friends who I was going with didn't. When I was younger, I used um, to want to move out to California too. Then I yeah. grew up a little bit. I'm glad I didn't though. Yeah. And <laughs> also, I fucking also didn't. California, it's not, I, I know I was the one that brought it there, but it's not all in California. Like there no, was a story sure. about Pete Davidson delivering pizzas to the writers in New York because like that's where Saturday Night Live is and stuff. So, so it, it is all over the place, but New York is the same way with Cal as California. Yes. But huge Mass ass, exodus so, out yeah. of New York too. Yeah. yeah fucking Nashville, one of the biggest reasons in Nashville's booming is because people from California and New York are moving here. They can't afford That's those one states That's why I had to get out of Nashville is because it, yeah. it was very, very quickly becoming the busiest and, and yeah. most hectic city I have ever experienced in my life. And, and we I, don't I have the infrastructure. Yeah. We don't have the infrastructure. Traffic's getting worse and worse because our leadership isn't paying for uh, increased lanes on roads. There's fucking potholes everywhere. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tennis I'm paying $900 more in rent than I was two years ago, and they've done nothing. Yeah. They're not incentivized to fix anything in my house, and I, I don't have a choice. It's either that or uproot my child, move to a different fucking city, change schools, lose my job, my good job. So it's like you're kind of stuck here. Come on, I'm not coming come on back, baby. I'm never, come on back, baby. Fucking, so I, I got you. I got you and Jackie, baby. I'll, I'll move to Canada before I move to Cincinnati. Yeah, man. Fucking, I, I get it. But I'll get used to the cold I, I, weather. I will, I, like say that, I will say this, though. Fucking, I actually saw a little map of like the exodus from California and like where people are moving. The big spots like Austin and there's Nashville mm -hmm. was one of them or whatever. Cincinnati wasn't really up there. But I also, Cincinnati has, and I was going to make this point before, Tennessee might not be the place that you want to fucking go to if you're leaving California because they have right. some of the most archaic laws and the politicians mm. and leadership over there. And that's the worst the, part about Tennessee's leadership. That's the way I kind of feel about Cincinnati, but I will say one thing. There is a shift in the mentality in Cincinnati going on right now. And fucking it all revolves around fucking Joe Burrow and the goddamn Who day, baby. <laughs> it does, man. Fucking the There's a different environment, bro. You're go you're walking around Cincinnati and fucking everyone is just like fucking buzzing about this september bro everyone is ready for this football season man but yeah i mean that we got a little bit off track there but <laughs> who knew for sure but yeah man we can always talk about the Bengals. Yeah, no, I'm always going to be able to talk about the Bengals. But, yeah, we, we got nice little microbrews up here, man. It's It smells a little bad. It's a little bit of a decrepit city. But I think we're about ready to start doing something about that. So. <laughs> I actually like the parts of Cincinnati that are super, like, you know, built back in the early 1800s and shit. I think they're dope. You know, if you're traveling with at least a group of people and you're not, like, 
a target for being robbed. I really like some of the well, sections of Cincinnati. You're not, old. you're not going to get the historic value of Cincinnati as you would in a place like California that we were talking about, about because fucking since uh, Ohio is 1803 was when the state was founded. So like, there's just a lot more, <laughs> yeah, right. there's a lot more that has happened, but yeah, it's, it, it, the one thing that I will say is, the, like, the you were talking a little bit about, like, the west side of Cincinnati, those ones that have been around, like, Price Hill and shit like that. Like, it's cool. It has some historic value to it. But at the same time, fucking, there's going to be prostitutes trying to sell fucking pussy there. And they're fucking, you're going to have crackheads coming up to you whenever you go to your local UDF. It's, it just is what it is. But I'm used to that shit, bro. I live life. in a bad part of Nashville. It's all over down here. Yeah. Everywhere. Every gas station I go to. Uh, that's why I turned down my goddamn music and try to act like, which I don't have money, but it looks like I do. I drive a nice car, yeah. so I try to act broke as shit anywhere I go. Right. Don't try to come get any money from me. I, I, and I like helping out, you know, people when I can. But bro, I, you know, I'm in yeah. no position to be giving money away. Yeah. Hell no. But let's you a beer. There's also a line you got to draw. So. Yeah, 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 for sure. Let, let's circle back a little bit to the whole um, the the whole writers strike that we got going on um so do you guys have any comments that you'd like to say about it i mean i hey i switched up my stance i think that we do need to definitely do things and what like we can get into the ai thing a little bit uh because we were talking about before ai is creating in its infancy just this a a whole lot of questions a whole lot of question marks about what's going to happen and the thing about it is people aren't understanding that like it's gotten to a point as of two years ago you would have like the the memes that are like I asked an AI to write this eulogy for my grandma grandma or whatever, and it's just the most asinine statements of all time, and you're just like, what is going on? It's not like that anymore. Fucking these these Normal. these chat GBT and stuff like that, it's it's learning and it's able to fucking create legitimate scripts now. And even if it do, isn't able to create like a legitimate script that you would be able to sell to people, it still is getting close enough that you can have like one editor go through it and fucking fix all the grammar or whatever the fuck you want to say and make it something that is legitimately made for television. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think I'm good on the writer's strike though. I agree with you. It's an issue. And if we're talking just the benefit that they have, because I mean, good writing is what TV would suck. Movies would suck. Yeah. You know, all these things are put, I'm a big reader. The books would suck. Like it's, it's important to have good writers. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I consider myself a decent one. I enjoy writing, but if there's no incentive monetarily, yeah. Then you're pushing people away from this, and this it's incredible. Thing, it's you know? it's also starting to create a world where we're getting away from creativity and art. Like, is is yeah, yeah. is AI the death of art? Because at this point, like right. you know, and I've had this conversation with Sam quite a few times when he was going on his prompts, doing the prompts for uh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, Mid Journey, Mid Journey, doing doing like the AI artwork or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, it's cool. Like you can use it as like something to focus on something to give uh give you an idea of what to do but when it comes down to it you're not doing anything you're just typing some words in and it's creating an image for you and like when when we're talking about scripts that people are are we need like what's the point why why do we even have these creative jobs if people aren't able to put their soul onto a piece of paper like uh, why would we have have creative jobs if you're not if you're restricting their creativity yeah yeah. And it's, it is crazy because uh, being a part of the underground art scene in Nashville, and I know a lot of amazing artists, 
but most of them can't make a living doing it because there's just not enough work. No. You know, it doesn't make them less talented. It makes them less connected. Well, it's the same thing with writing. It's not know? It's not that there's not enough work either. It's also overly saturated. Everybody wants to be a fucking famous artist. Right. Everybody wants to be a fucking famous musician. But You don't have to be a famous artist, though. You could, like, the, the bigger problem is that you've got places like Walmart or these big corporations that sell this cookie-cutter art where it looks same, like the same no matter where you go. You've got hundreds of thousands of hotels that all hang the same copied stupid shit on their hotel walls instead of buying from local artists who are far more talented the detail work is incredible and it's going to cost you the same people don't necessarily want to be famous artists they want to be paid 20 30 dollars for something they spent an hour they want to be able to make need to be able to make a living off of it yeah literally just to make a living you know and then you also have like the piece that i have hanging downstairs that i commissioned from my buddy who's an incredible artist like i will easily pay Five hundred, a thousand dollars for an incredible, intricate piece of art that is original to me and my ideas. That he took it and ran with it. I'll pay for that any day of the week, knowing that there will never be a copy sold of it. Yep. It is one of a kind. That's cool to me. You know that, in my eyes, is what makes art so. It makes it so beautiful. It's yep. something that I can pass on to my son. That is important to us. Yeah, that's cool. That- Rather than buying something, and nothing against people who sell copies of their artwork because why wouldn't you it's monetarily you know but you have to have that understanding that if you're buying it it's like well maybe a hundred other people have this yeah you know and that's still cool whatever no judgment but that's how i feel about it yeah i mean but art also does a good job of like sam will create a piece or whatever and like you have your commissions or whatever but he'll also create a piece and he might sell the original piece to someone but he also has the prints that he can sell to multiple other people to 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 help make that type of money but i guess the point that we're trying to to make here with the whole ai part of the writer strike is preserve the integrity of creative minds that's yeah right that's something that i know all three of us can get behind it's something that needs to needs to be maintained we we don't need these fucking robots creating art it mm-hmm. hasn't worked in the past and i don't think it's going to work in the future so yeah any closing comments y'all um i guess before we move on just touching on that uh one of the biggest issues standing between someone using their creative uh or their creativity to make money is the fact that almost every creative job, be it writing, especially making art or painting or um, or recording music, there is such a financial investment on the front end to get set up to where you are able to create in a sustainable way. I think that inhibits a lot of people because, I mean, let's just face it, most of us, especially young people who are inspired and want to get into these fields, they simply don't have the money to get set up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the reasons that I think, you know, it's so cool to see what you've done because you made investments on the front end who have enabled you to have this uh, this whole system set up. Whereas three years ago, when you started your house, our rules or around that time, you were putting out an episode maybe once a month or something. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like almost three a week, you know, and you're set up to do this now. You have a system. You've got people who work yeah. with you. It goes to show you well how if you push through the front end, how it can benefit you in the later The, the so. big thing isn't necessarily the creative because there's plenty of talented people out there. It's the ability right. to fucking maintain, keep going at it, and building on what what you already have. Because yeah. and not not just that, but marketing yourself and marketing your your brand. 
because some people can be as talented as they want to, but if you don't have the know-how to like get people to sit down and actually talk about the shit, using me as an example, man, I still struggle to this day. Luckily, I have made fucking friends throughout my years. I have a setup that I've made throughout my years or whatever that I can. This week, I was trying to plan something, an in-person uh, um, podcast that we were going to do, and I couldn't get people to get there in time in order to put the episode out. So I diverted to you two and now we're doing the podcast too, but you got to stick with it. You got to know how to do it. You got to know what to do, man. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, another thing I, I just thought about while you were saying that is uh, one thing I noticed being in, well, just in the field that I am as far as like throwing events or being a one-time promoter or a DJ or a writer, I'm huge about sharing other people's things because mm -hmm. I believe you get back what you put in. But, God, it is really highly depressing to see so many young artists, especially who are, I don't want to call them petty because I don't want to be that judgmental because I've been there. You see so many people, I guess, who are, they, they don't want to share other people's shit. And I don't get that mentality. But yet when they make something, it's like, everyone share my shit. It's like, no. do you not understand how much it benefits you just to step aside, set your pride aside it, and help other people. It benefits help everybody. Get their share. It, it benefits everyone. It benefits like, that's everyone. how you get and like yeah. I've learned, I've learned that like if I'm, I can't get people to share the podcast. I like it's impossible. I I and it. I can't. I share it. Every you can't. You can't count on your friends to fucking do the things that you need that you need to get done. So you need to find people who are. And like the, a lot of it comes down to personality. You need to be able to market yourself. You need to be able to be that person that people want to listen to what you're talking about. People want to be able to share it. People are engage in it in in any type of way. It's just it, it's such a rough thing. And like that deters a lot of people. You got you got to have some grit to you, man. Fucking because like no one no one's gonna be that overnight sensation. It's very rare that that happens. Very rare. And you got to be able to believe yourself and even when no one else does. People, even when you fail over and over, you can't keep on you going. Can't let that doubt creep in your mind. Yeah, keep absolutely. on going. Keep on going, man. Absolutely. Fucking, I've had multiple breaks on the excuse me of on this podcast, but I. I found a way to keep getting back to it. Fucking the two guys that I started this podcast with, still great friends with them, but like it just didn't work out. And I'm going to continue to do what I need to get done to do what I want to do with my life. So, yep. So, uh, in closing, uh, all I have to say is best of luck to everybody on the writer strike. I hope you guys get what you deserve. Mm -hmm. Fucking keep going at it, y'all. Yep.